Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast again. And here we are in the beautiful, the beautiful uh, yeah. flora yep. of Carl's backyard. Yep. Yeah. In, we, the, mid, in we, the middle of Saskatoon. We raked this last week, so it's... I mean... This so we're, is, we're making progress. I mean... Right? You, do, you don't have to rake for the podcast. For the podcast. <laughs> All right. We accept you the way that you okay. are. Okay. It's fine. Okay, I was gonna do some pruning for next week, but maybe I'll leave it. No, this, I'll leave this it. This is this is fantastic. Okay. Wild and free. Perfect. Just like us. <laughs> two two married guys with kids and yeah. mortgages. I gotta be home and go to bed soon here, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Okay, anyway. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, so crazy we should get going so that we can go to bed. All right. So crazy. So crazy. <laughs> so this week, Pastor Marvin had uh, the second of the face-to-face series. Right. And so this was a conversation Jesus has right after uh, he comes back to life, but now with his disciples mm. in the house that they are in, okay. and they're all there. So Thomas ends up, this is the story of Thomas ends up right. coming through and being like, you know, what are you guys freaking out about? Like, Jesus, Jesus didn't come here, right. doubting Thomas. This is where it comes from. And so Jesus reveals himself to all of the disciples, and they are afraid, obviously, mm-hmm. because your friend just died on a cross. And who, so who is this, basically, right? Yeah, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Like, we watched you die. Right. And how is it that you're here, you're a ghost, or you're some kind of spirit? Yeah. And Jesus reassures them. And so to the point where Thomas has a bunch of questions, and he is uh, doubting that Jesus actually is who he says he is, uh, because the disciples say he's he was here. Right. He, the only way I'm going to believe this is if I touch the all of all of the all of the what, what's the word I'm looking for the wounds all the wounds all the wounds, all the wounds yeah. that that he got. Yeah. And so Jesus comes, shows himself to Thomas, reassures all of them, and then not only does that, but breathes on them and gives them the Spirit. And we'll talk right. about that in a bit. Uh, the Holy Spirit, but then also gives them a commission to go and to actually care for people outside of the room that they're in hmm. and to share the good news of who Jesus is with the whole world to the point of a gospel that is surrounded around forgiveness and care. So that's a so, good story. So that's a breakdown. It's you can go find story. it in, in the last chapters of John, uh, John 20, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, and so... Marvin had a few points which I thought were were really great. The first one was this idea that Jesus reassures them with his presence. So here, I mean, if somebody walked through a wall and showed up, like we've said it a million times, like wouldn't that be enough? Yeah. It would make, if he did it today, I'd believe in an instant. Of course I would. But like the thing for me is like how how real the story is, right? Because how many times does Carrie tell me things and I completely forget them? Rarely. All the time. <laughs> okay, I was trying to no. I was trying to set you up there for. Okay, never mind. No. Rare, okay, no. rarely. All, all the time. Okay, all the time. All the time, and yeah. it's not because I don't want to remember them. It's right. because she she mentions it, or I have my own idea about stuff, or whatever. Yeah. And so then, when something actually happens, lots of times I can put it together. Mm-hmm. But there are moments where, like, I just don't remember her saying those things. Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And so here are the disciples hanging out with Jesus for three years. At some point, he says to them over and over again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he says, look, I'm leaving. I'm going to go be with the Father. You need to take care of this. This right. is what's going to happen. Right. The temple will be destroyed. Three days later, it will rise. Like, he, he goes off about this stuff, and they don't understand it, but they nod their heads, it seems. Right. And so here is Jesus raised from the dead. And they're freaking out. And not only because of this ghost Mm -hmm. that came through the walls, but also like their whole, the last three years of their lives have literally been kind of pummeled away. Yeah. Because everything that they had put their hopes on, when Jesus dies, it dies with him. Right. So of course they're afraid and they're terrified and it's a hard moment and it's a hard season. But Jesus doesn't, chastise them for that yeah i mean i think by now again you think of all of the times you know all of the times that he has neglect like you know peter even just whatever it would have been a few days earlier denying him and there's you know time and time and time and time again you know who are you who who am i who am i and and up until the very last minute they still didn't get it and i mean this is kind of the this is kind of the turning point though isn't it this story for them. Yeah, I, I think so. But like the more I read the story, at first I'm very annoyed with them. <laughs> yeah. But the more I read it, the more I realize it's me. Like I I get into moments and situations and I feel like everything that I've staked my whole life on has been completely set aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I, I have I have these deep dark moments. And here comes Jesus every time, just like the disciples just walks through and reassures me that I'm there, that that he's there with me and I'm just still freaked out. And it's almost like a disbelief. Like, "Mm, are you really though? Right. Like you're just some spirit that's just come to, to tease me almost. And and I, I think that's, that's the story of every, every Christian that's ever lived. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but like, is that something that you've gone through too? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, and I look at it too in, in the way that, um, that he does keep showing up Mm -hmm. and that I either don't recognize it. Right. Or, or sort of misinterpret it or whatever but but i but i but his but his persistence is quite something though isn't it um which leads back to if it was on me yeah god would be so annoyed with me yeah like if if the idea was this like romanticism of well i've put my step forward now you have to show your steps to -hmm. show me how much you love me um I think we'd all be, we would all be in trouble. Yeah. But the persistent, the pursuit of, of Jesus towards the people that he loves is very consistent. That's why like the story of Hosea in the Old Testament gets me Hmm. here. I mean, like here's God saying to a prophet, I want you to show Israel how unfaithful they are. So here's what you should do. Go marry a prostitute. And yeah, well, if you can't see Carl's eyes, he's like shifting back and forth. You say what? You say what? What? But Hosea does it, yeah. obviously. 
but then the whole point of it is how God loves Israel and mm. loves Judah enough that he'll pursue them yeah. even in the middle of their unfaithfulness. Yeah. Like it's this incredible um, parallel to what God is facing and what he's going through mm-hmm. when it comes to Israel. Yeah. And they're watching it lived out through Hosea and his wife, Gomer, yeah. which is an awful name, but it is. I mean, I, I have, like, I have felt that personally too. Yeah. The, yeah, I think, I mean, is it, is it C.S. Lewis that talked about the hound of heaven? Um, mm. And essentially it's just this relentless pursuit. Um, and again, yeah, you think like, why would he keep doing this? Would like, yeah, why not? At some point it's like you, you did it. You failed again. You doubted again. Mm-hmm. You didn't show up again. Mm-hmm. What's in it for you anyway, God? Like, why, why do you keep doing this? Right. But so. I, that's what's so scandalous about the gospel. Yeah. It is, it yeah. is this constant pursuit after fallible human beings like you and me mm-hmm. who keep screwing up and keep falling down. And that's the beauty about amazing grace mm-hmm. is that it motivates us to do something different, which leads to the next thing. Cause like, yes, he reassures them of his presence by right. literally just being there and showing himself and right. like all of their doubts in their he, fear and yeah. all of the fear. He actually answers all of their questions in the middle of it. Like even Thomas, he like, Jesus doesn't have to let him touch his wounds. Right. It's like, you're gross. No, but he does actually. Yeah. Okay. That's what it takes then. Which again is such a different idea of God than I think what many of us had growing up. Mm -hmm. Like it was like a don't doubt because if you doubt, he's going to be angry that you're doubting. Well, Thomas is a complete, a complete slap in the face to that because it's literally I won't believe this unless I can actually physically touch wounds. Right. And Jesus shows up and instead of looking at him and being like, you're a loser. Yeah. He says, okay. And he lets him touch the wounds in his body. So what's a modern day equivalent of that then? Besides just like doubting, but like, like we, can we say to God, do this or else? Yeah. See, I, I think you could. Yeah. Will he do it? (laughs) Will he do it is is the other thing. But you know, I think, there are moments where he does hmm. for people. And then other people, I think he just knows they're just being stupid. Hmm. Like, like Thomas needed that. The others, the other disciples didn't. Right. So I think if the other disciples had asked for the same thing, I mean, because he knows our hearts and he knows exactly what it is that we're, that makes us tick. Mm-hmm. I think he would have reacted differently, but because this was like a genuine thing for Thomas. Yeah. He responded that way. Hmm. And, you know, I think that's the uniqueness of the way that we're, we're all created and we're all wired. But even when you talk about God being a father and having children, like the way that you talk to your kids is very different based on the child. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly how God does react and act when it comes, when it comes to us too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so there's that. And then it walks into this whole space where he, he gives them gives them his presence by actually breathing on them. And for the book of John, anyway, uh, some theologians would kind of discuss this. This is actually the moment of um, animation or spiritual animation for them, hmm. or where they become the big theological word, regenerate. Like this is where for the first time they are Christians. Right. 
not just Jews following Christ. Not right. just Jews following a rabbi. Right. They have now become, they now have a part of God right. inside of them. And Marv talked about how the breathing on them actually parallels Genesis, where God breathes into. That's great parallel. Uh, yeah, great, yeah, great parallel. Breathes into Adam. Yeah. And... I don't know if people realize what the Holy Spirit actually does for them. Okay. We should talk about that then. Yes. Because I think like Francis Chan wrote a book a few years ago called the forgotten God. Um, There's been a lot of kind of contention around the Holy Spirit because of a lot of the charismatic movement, Mm -hmm. a lot of the Pentecostal movement Mm -hmm. that it's it's for, for a lot of people anyway, it seems a little bit crazy for sure. I mean, He's the one person of the Godhead that I'm most uncomfortable with, to be honest. Well, why? Why why are you most uncomfortable with? Well, I mean, I definitely, this is, I mean, coming to Elam, this is the first, because Elam is a Pentecostal church. It's it's, certainly, there's a range of Pentecostal churches, but, but, you know, I definitely grew up in the more traditional, you know, sort of uh, Baptists and things where, uh, I mean, he's there. We know he's there. Yeah. But he just shouldn't. He shouldn't make a lot of noise. Right. He shouldn't make a scene. Right. And uh, and of course, you know, maybe growing up too, there were some abuses of sure. of the Holy Spirit. So all of that is sort of like you know, it's sometimes it's easier just to leave him alone. I know he's there. Yeah. But the other guys just make more sense a lot of the time. Yeah. And I, I think the the loss in the conversation though is that the spirit is the part of God that he's actually given to us or put inside of us mm-hmm. to be connected to him. That's a big part. That too, is, yeah. is massive. It's right. like, it's one of his persons yeah. that he has literally put inside of us, like a part of him. Yeah. And I mean, the greatest gift that you can give so- to somebody is a part of yourself. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think if, if we started giving, you know, loved ones parts of our bodies, I think it would be weird. Like if somebody cut off a hand mm-hmm. and like yeah. you gave it to Amanda, I think she would be like, okay, that's bizarre but like the sentiment of it is found in a lot of poetic thought like if i could give you my heart i would if i could uh you know if i could you know whatever i i I want to i want to give you me right because that's the most that i can give you right right you see it in all kinds of prose and all kinds of metaphor and all kinds of of different poetic um ballads and different things like that but literally, the Christian, do- the Christian doctrine of the Holy Spirit is literally that God has given us his spirit, put it inside of us. Like the hmm. day people say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves in and he starts cleaning up all of the mess that's inside of us. Okay, right. Now, there are some people who believe different things about the baptism sure. of the Holy Spirit. Now, is that different than yes. so the Holy Spirit comes... But the, is the baptism happen at the same time, or is that a different thing? So for like for Pentecostals, for example, mm-hmm. uh, we would say that, or that that group of people would say that when you come to Christ, the Spirit is infilled into you. You are filled with the Spirit. Right. The baptism of the Spirit happens later on in the Book of Acts. Marv kind of talked about this, but the baptism of the Spirit traditionally people thought it was, um, oh, it's just to enhance your relationship with God. The way that a lot of Pentecostals actually see it, not classical Pentecostals, well, classical, but more modern Pentecostals, yeah. is the baptism of the Spirit later on in Acts is really for the empowerment for mission. There you go. It's not this cute thing that you get so that you can feel more fuzzies. Right. See, that's, I mean, that's 
that's the weird part right there, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, empowerment for mission. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Uh, well, I, I think when you look at it, it actually just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because, uh, so you go from he's reassuring them of his presence to he gives them his presence, okay. like actually breathes into them. Right. Now they have a part of God inside of them to keep them connected to God, but also to change them mm. over and over again into the likeness of Jesus, which is amazing. Like that's, that's the start of their journey. Yeah. And then Marv talked about how he refocuses their heads or their thoughts to a few things. He says, first and foremost, like your job now is to go share the good news right. with everybody. Yes. And the gospel that you're going to share it with yeah. is one of forgiveness. Hmm. Not only forgiveness with God, but also forgiveness with your fellow human beings. Yeah. And I think the tie with the book of Acts is you see that then Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem and I'm going to empower you with the spirit to go and do that. Hmm. The basic idea around it is like on, in a James Bond flick, right before he goes off to do uh, all of his mission stuff, he always stops at the laboratory. Yeah, Q's place, right? Q's place, yeah. where he gets outfitted with everything that he needs mm-hmm. for the mission. And so, you know, like, yes, they're filled with the Spirit here in John, mm-hmm. but then in Acts, they're baptized in the Spirit for mission. They get all of the stuff that they need to be able to go proclaim the gospel. And I think that's the natural progression of what we, like the sermon is a natural progression of the Christian life. Mm. God fills you with his spirit so that you know that his presence is with you, that he gives you what you need in terms of growing in him, becoming more like him. And then he moves you to mission. And that's the whole point of the Christian life. It's not about you anymore. Mm. It becomes about other people that desperately need to know that there's a God in heaven that loves them and wants to be in relationship with them. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty pretty cool process. And if you think if you look at it that way, it does, it does make a lot of sense. And sure, I mean the the importance of the spirit's part in that is is again, yeah, certainly nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to, you know, he, yeah. again, there's there's you know there were so many times where people would 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 you know would abuse it in so many yeah. situations but you know looking at it through a scriptural lens like that um i mean it's life-giving empowering um kind of we i mean but we couldn't function without it right well so. that's i think that's the point of the christian life yeah. right like and like i'm doing a whole class on this next month but like in the old testament the crazy thing was so genesis 3 happens where the fall goes mm-hmm. on Genesis 6, it actually says that the spirit can't contend with humankind anymore because humans are just so evil. Like sin has just so diseased humanity that there's this tension point. So God actually removes his spirit from humans. And then from that point on, no human being except for a prophet, priest, or king in Israel ever had the spirit resting on them. And so like an Old Testament Israelite, has a completely different vantage point on God than we do. Right. Because they don't have the Holy right. Spirit living inside of them. The Holy Spirit's living among them. So this is interesting. I don't know where you're going to get into, but then sure. I think it's, is it where you talk? Because obviously then when we read the Old Testament, then we have to read it a little differently then. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Because the whole point is the progression right. to getting to Jesus, to the reconnection of humanity right. back to God, and the connection point is actually 
the yeah. spirit. Because of time and space, they had no context for what was to come no. and what also, you know, went back through time to, to redeem them too. But at the time they, they had no idea. Right. So no. And there were hints of it. Like yeah. even on the day of Pentecost, when, um, Peter gets up and explains it, mm-hmm. he doesn't explain it like, Hey, these, 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 uh, these Hicks are speaking in different languages. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. This is crazy. He actually explains it by referring back to an old Testament prophecy in Joel. So people could, because they would have known that. Because right? because he's right. like the the traditional view is, oh, they were in um, they were in the upper room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of Hebraisms, so a lot of Hebraic technical whatever in in that part of Acts that would indicate that they were actually in the temple. Wow. And the crazy thing is that here they are in the temple on the day of Pentecost, a Jewish festival, and he's referring back to this prophecy in Joel which everybody that would have been hearing it would have known. Right. So it's not like off. Right. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? Yeah, that would have, that's how they would have related to this craziness going on. Right? And so. the, the prophecy is a pointer to someday I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody. Yeah. Regardless of gender, regardless of socioeconomic status, mm-hmm. regardless of age, whether old or young. Like my spirit is just going to be inside of them. Right. One day I'm going to pour my spirit out. Okay. And that's exactly what we're saying happened. Hmm. Uh, and it didn't just happen for the sake of, oh, well, you know, now you haven't yet. Now you can feel things or you can fall over or whatever. Like, <laughs> and, and, and I say that as somebody who grew up in those kinds of churches, Yeah, you know, like um, I saw a lot of people do a lot of talk about the spirit. Sure. But I also saw a lot of people not necessarily living by the spirit right so so here's jesus not only reassuring them but giving them his presence and giving them what they need to be able to go to do what it is they need to do like refocuses their heads Mm. and i don't know when i'm when i'm fearful when i'm going through hard times i need him to refocus my head yeah yep yeah (laughs) i mean that's yep um, I mean, in the fact that, that he is there ever present for that purpose is, mm-hmm. is, is pretty amazing. So. And I love that he just doesn't lean in on them. Mm-hmm. He says, it's not about you. Yeah. You get all this, but this is really for sharing with other people. Right. And I just think if Christians, if we would all together include me included, would just begin to see that it's not about us, mm-hmm. that we've been put on the planet for the good of others, that changes completely the way you live your life. Right. Because then in everything that you do, it's about pointing to Jesus. So whether it's filmmaking or art or whether it's you know pastoring or whether it is being a doctor, lawyer, engineer, garbage guy, um, nurse, stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. like in every aspect of your life if you know that there's purpose behind it and it's for others it just completely re reshifts the way you think especially when you're fearful or going yeah. through something difficult yeah i mean and that's obviously our sin nature too is to th- to turn in into ourselves mm-hmm. um and i mean i know that that's again uh, it, it can be not even that you think 
um, you know, you think you're all that great. Maybe you just thinking about yourself. It's about when you yeah. think about yourself, that's where that's, that's a huge trap. And, uh, and, and getting that reminder, I think is really important. Um, Especially now, too. I mean, it's an interesting time. We keep obviously everything's kind of through yeah, a new yeah, filter yeah. right now. But you know, you could you could tell yourself, you know what? I, all I need to do is focus on myself right now because mm-hmm. this is crazy. Whatever. Um, it's such a strange time. But again, Miz, this is a great time. This is a great time to to be on that mission because yeah, everyone else is in the same boat of like I don't even know what to do with the feelings I have with the situation or how do I deal with this and. I mean, man, we're we're in a great position right now, and it doesn't even have to be massive stuff. No, no. like there's a, a local business owner here. They own Karma Cafe and um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Karma Cafe and Gay Thai. Yeah, uh, Gay Thai is so good. It's so good. It's so good. And, and and they called us today and said, "Hey, you're a local business owner that we know, and we care about you. We have we have just a care package for you." No. And they came way. over. Yes, these people are not followers of Jesus. They're yeah. not Christians, and they were just like, you know what? We just love our local business owners. We just want to make sure that our, our relationships wow. are still good. So hey, we're gonna come over. And they came over. They dropped off something. We talked for maybe like twenty minutes, yeah. talking about life, kids, all that other stuff, and then they were out of there, and. Like what it meant for Carrie and I to to have that moment mm. was was massive, and you know I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Like oh. it's got to be huge, right, on a global mission scale or something, right? We've got to save the nations, which sure, sure, but, but bring like, some <laughs> lemonade to your neighbor. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. go outside and look at them and say, "Hey, are you doing okay?" Yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah. And I think, you know, like with the reassurance that God's presence is with us, that it's in us and that he's given us a purpose. Yeah. I think there's so much that we could do. Yeah. And there's so much creativity that we could have. Well, and thinking about that, then like you think, well, how do I do that? Well, I don't, I mean, the spirit, and I do believe this, like, do you ever get that feeling like, you know, I should just call this person. Yeah. I should pray for, I should do this thing. And maybe you just think it's a subconscious, but I mean, I believe that's a an actual instance of the spirit prodding me totally. to call or to whatever. And um, so that's a good way, even just starting with things like that. Things like, you know what, this person is on my mind. I'm, I'm just going them. to send them a text. I'm going to whatever. See, I text. I don't phone. But I text. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. So. People love texts. <laughs> people love texts. <laughs> sure. It's good. Except yeah. for, you know, like 78-year-old people. Like, they, they don't like texts. That's true. But I don't know many. Actually, I don't know many seventy-eight-year-old well, people. Maybe I need to change that. Maybe you need to change that. I need to change that. But anyway, so I mean that little that little voice, that little prodding. Yeah, that would be an example, I think, of the spirit leading us. Absolutely, right? so. absolutely, and that's where the connection point happens, yeah. right? It's him helping you not focus on yourself. Yeah, focus on other people, and yet be in communion with him. And because, like, if you respond to that, and the person responds very positively, mm-hmm. even negatively, but positively more so, <laughs> sure, because um, it's an act of kindness. Yeah. Like it does something in you and it gives you this reassurance that ev- that when you need to respond to that again, yeah. the likelihood is that you will. Yeah. And so I think sometimes it's just people stepping out of their comfort zones and doing something for somebody else. So well, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this week, that's the challenge. Okay. When the spirit prods you, which is a weird word. It is. Prod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prod. 
when the prompts? spirit prompts when you feel the the tinglies oh boy see no maybe when, nope. i'm not gonna go there nope. uh if you feel <laughs> if you feel in any 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 amount of inclination yeah. to call somebody or do something kind for somebody that's the likelihood is yeah it's the spirit do it it's a spirit do it anyway hopefully we're on time I, I can't see we can't see the clock no it fell but uh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter thank you so much for we watching actually, we got two minutes to spare two minutes to spare we so appreciate he's, he's you pastor he's a pastor he knows this i, I just <laughs> I, I can feel it okay. I, can, I got the tingles uh so thank you so much for watching we yeah. really appreciate you taking the time to do this uh again if you need anything just go to www.elamchurch.ca and you can connect with us in various ways in this time so if you if you are feeling alone empty whatever mm -hmm. it is don't do life alone yeah, especially now yeah especially now we yeah. would love to connect with you and pray with you and talk with you and see stuff so anyway thanks for watching see you next week